turn with me, if you would, to Exodus chapter 20. We have a lengthy catechism reading in front of us on the fifth commandment. So we're just going to read the fifth commandment, not all of the ten commandments here in Exodus chapter 20. But we remember that God's commandments are a unified whole, uh, not just piecemeal, but they all go together to the same end that we would love God and love neighbor as ourself. The fifth commandment is found in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. God instructs us, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. We read this expanded upon in Ephesians chapter 6, our New Testament reading this evening. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. Paul here expounding upon the fifth commandment to us. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Bondservants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ. Not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and that there is no partiality with him. Thus far, the reading of God's inerrant and infallible word. And as has been our custom during this sermon series, we're going to read the fallible and not inerrant, but still helpful commentary from our Westminster Larger Catechism on the Ten Commandments. We can find that this evening on page 956 in the back of your Psalter hymnal. This is, I believe, the longest of the catechism explanations of the commandment, so do bear with me. This again, not God's word but uh, our best attempt to summarize what the scriptures teach as a church. Uh, Beginning at question 123 on page 956. What is the fifth commandment? The fifth commandment is honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Who are meant by father and mother in the fifth commandment? By father and mother in the fifth commandment are meant not only natural parents, but all superiors in age and gifts, and especially such as by God's ordinance are over us in place of authority, whether in family, church, or commonwealth. Why are superiors styled father and mother 
superiors are styled father and mother, both to teach them in all duties toward their inferiors like natural parents, to express love and tenderness to them according to their several relations, and to work inferiors to a greater willingness and cheerfulness in performing their duties to their superiors as to their parents. What is the general scope of the fifth commandment? The general scope of the fifth commandment is the performance of those duties which we mutually owe in our several relations as inferiors, superiors, or equals. What is the honor that inferiors owe to their superiors? The honor which inferiors owe to their superiors is all due reverence in heart, word, and behavior, prayer and thanksgiving for them, imitation of their virtues and graces, willing obedience to their lawful commands and counsels, due submission to their corrections, fidelity to defense and maintenance of their persons and authority according to their several ranks and the nature of their places, bearing with their infirmities and covering them in love, that so they may be an honor to them and to their government. What are the sins of inferiors against their superiors? The sins of inferiors against their superiors are all neglect of the duties required toward them, envying at, contempt of, and rebellion against their persons and places in their lawful commands, counsels, and corrections, cursing, mocking, and all such refractory and scandalous carriage as proves a shame and dishonor to them and their government. What is required of superiors toward their inferiors? It is required of superiors according to that power they receive from God and that relation wherein they stand to love and bless their inferiors, to instruct, counsel, and admonish them, countenancing, commanding, commending, and rewarding such as do well, and discountenancing, reproving, and chastising such as do ill, protecting and providing for them all things necessary for soul and body, and by grave, wise, holy, and exemplary carriage to procure glory to God, honor to themselves, and so to preserve that authority which God hath put on them. What are the sins of superiors? The sins of superiors are, besides the neglect of the duties required of them and inordinate seeking of themselves, their own glory, ease, profit, or pleasure, commanding things unlawful or not in the power of inferiors to perform, counseling, encouraging, or favoring them in that which is evil, dissuading, discouraging, or discountenancing them in that which is good, correcting them unduly, careless exposing or leaving them to wrong, temptation and danger, provoking them to wrath, or anyway dishonoring themselves or lessening their authority by an unjust, indiscreet, rigorous, or remiss behavior. What are the duties of equals? The duties of equals are to regard the dignity and worth of each other in giving honor to go one before another, and to rejoice in each other's gifts and advancement as their own. What are the sins of equals? The sins of equals are, besides the neglect of the duties required, the undervaluing of the worth, envying the gifts, grieving at the advancement of prosperity one of another, and usurping preeminence one over another. 
And finally, what is the reason annexed to the fifth commandment, the more to enforce it? The reason annexed to the fifth commandment in these words, that, they, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, is an express promise of long life and prosperity, as far as it shall serve for God's glory and their own good, to all such as keep his commandment. And every time I read that particular set of catechism answers, I'm amazed that those catechisms were written, intended to be memorized, so that when you went on a pastoral visit, you would quiz your congregants on the catechism and instruct them. So I don't have the larger catechism memorized on the fifth commandment. I don't expect any of you to either. Uh, But that is our uh, unpacking of the commandment that we're going to look at tonight. This commandment that seems innocuous, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So those of you uh, younger kids and teenagers, we don't have any young kids. Young kids must be downstairs. Uh, We just have you older kids who probably love to hear this from mom and dad. Honor your mother and your father that it may go well with you in the land. This seemingly uh, innocuous commandment in some ways Uh, actually has a lot going on in it. If you have ever thought something like, man, if my boss would just do things this way, if my company would just change these things, this workplace would be going really smoothly. If you have ever thought, man, if mom and dad would just let me do this one thing and stop telling me no, my life would be really fun. If you've ever thought, wow, that's a job I really don't want to do, I'm going to give that to my employee so that they can do it because I really don't want to do it. If you've ever thought, man, our politicians are so wicked and terrible, and if I was in charge, everything would go a lot better. Well, if any of those kinds of thought processes have ever gone through your mind as they have mine, I recently, uh, this week, went on a bit of a rant about the school system to my wife in her hearing, uh, where I was uh, disparaging the way certain things were being done in school. Well, we are guilty of breaking the fifth commandment. The heart of the fifth commandment here is to recognize God's authority in the authorities that God has established over us, and not to misuse any of our authority to our own ends rather than God's glory. Uh, In this seemingly simple commandment of honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you, come God's instruction to us to recognize that God is the one who has in his infinite wisdom and goodness to us God has given to us an established order in our homes, in our church, and in our civil society. And we are called to honor him in our various roles, to use the language of our catechism of inferiors, superiors, and equals. And a brief note on that. Uh, the, The words inferior and superior have some connotations in modern English that they are not intended to have here in the confession. So uh, today we use the word inferior to mean 
Uh, that, that's a bad thing. If you get called an inferior, that's a derogatory, demeaning, belittling word in modern English. Uh, it's meant simply as a descriptive term in our catechism. Uh, children are inferiors to their parents because their parents have the authority to run the household and not the children. It doesn't mean that children are somehow lesser people than their parents. Uh, if you are an employee at work, your boss is your superior, not because they are better than you, not because they are of more worth than you, but because they have authority to tell you what to do at work. Uh, so the language of superior and inferior here is not uh, our Westminster Catechism saying it's okay to go around insulting people who are below you and uh, bowing to people who are above you. It's, it's describing the way God's ordered the world. Uh, God has provided a certain order on the home uh, with a mother and father who have authority to tell their kids when to go to bed. God gives most of us workplaces where you have a boss who, for better or worse, can tell you what time you have to show up, what your responsibilities are, and can evaluate you based on that. And for better or worse, we live in a society that has civil magistrates over us, uh, and you live in a church that is governed by fallible men such as myself and Bob and Mike. And the fifth commandment uh, instructs us to examine our various roles uh, in, uh, in light of how God has ordered, uh, ordered society and to honor authority and use authority for the glory of God. So I want us to unpack it in those three categories uh, of inferior, superior, and equal. If it's more helpful to think of this commandment's instruction in plain English, I would put it this way. Uh, we are first to honor lawful authority as if it were God's. So honor lawful authority as if it were God's. We are to use authority as those who are accountable to God. And we are not to, uh, to create hierarchies where God does not make them. That's how I would sum up our duties as equals. So most obviously, this commandment on the, on the face of it, honor your father and your mother, is in honor lawful authority as if it were God's authority. Paul unpacks, uh, I think Paul in Ephesians 6 that we read is commenting on the fifth commandment and applying it to uh, both to uh, children obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right, but then also bond servants to their earthly masters, uh, recognizing that the scope of this commandment is, uh, is societal as well as familial, that we are to honor authority as if it were God's. And you can think of the different ways in which lawful authority works. Uh, those of you who are parents, uh, you have children whom you have some level of lawful authority over, particularly when they are young. Uh, not so much when they are adults, but when they're young, you have authority over them. Uh, my wife and I can tell our kids, no, you can't wear that. No, you can't go to school in that. You have to do your homework at this time. You have to go to bed at this time. No, that's too much video games. Go to bed. Uh, lawful authority. And children, if you're at home under your parents' authority, uh, God tells you to honor your father and your mother, to obey their lawful commands as long as they aren't telling you to sin, to recognize mom and dad's authority as if it were God's authority because God gave you your parents. Your parents aren't sinless. I'm not sinless, but I'm the dad that 
Micah, Zoe, Kalia, and Avia have. My dad is my dad. Uh, and that is true whether you have godly parents or ungodly parents. Uh, to recognize that, uh, that authority is worth honoring because God is the one who has set it up. I think this becomes a little bit harder to do. We kick against it a little bit more when we run into systems where authority is ungodly or foolish, or at least in our own minds, it's ungodly or foolish. Uh, When you run into a workplace where you have a superior, uh, someone in uh, higher up the food chain than you, maybe your immediate boss or maybe the powers that be that are making decisions even above your boss's pay grade, uh, when you have those situations and you see things going wrong, it can be a little bit more difficult to have a good attitude. I always struggled with certain teachers and certain aspects of the school system. Uh, I was fortunate enough that I only had a couple of brief jobs with management structures that were unpleasant. I always left jobs very quickly if I felt the management was not okay, and I was free to do that. Uh, And then certainly the government, the government is just a catastrophe at all levels, humanly speaking. And it seems that that's true almost regardless of who's winning elections these days. And yet, God is the one who put the authority there. Whether that authority is good or evil, wise or foolish. God is the one who put your boss in the job over you. God is the one who saw that President Biden would be our president these years. And all of our, uh, all of our civil magic pointed under the sovereign rule of God And therefore, God tells us to honor their lawful authority. So long as an authority isn't telling you to disobey God, uh, it is worth showing them honor and reverence. Uh, This means that we as Christians cannot be a people who are constantly running around dishonoring, mocking, insulting, rebelling against those lawful persons over us. A pastor friend of mine used to use the illustration that we don't think of uh, we don't think of many of these sins sometimes as being personal sins. But if you drive 90 miles an hour down the freeway in a 45 mile an hour zone or 55 here on Route 11, you've actually violated this commandment. There's a civil magistrate that set a speed limit of 55, and you might not know who that magistrate is. I don't, but they set that law in place by lawful authority and flying down the road at 40 miles an hour over the speed limit is not honoring that authority. And then the cops come and pull you over, and you get a ticket. God calls us as a people to honor lawful authority. few things worth noting here. Uh, Honoring lawful authority, even honoring your parents, is not the same thing as pleasing people. Paul talked about this in Ephesians 6, that it's a heart that's wanting to render honor for the Lord's sake, not to please people. You can think of uh, Jesus, for example. Uh, Jesus kind of famously offended his parents when he stayed at the temple. Uh, And his parents were worried they couldn't find him, and they found him in the temple. And you remember what Jesus said. Jesus said, I'm in my father's house. Uh, Was Jesus dishonoring his mother and father? 
by worrying them? Obviously not. Jesus was sinless. He was honoring his mother and his father, even though in that moment apparently displeasing and concerning to them. Uh, So the Bible's not calling us to become people pleasers. Uh, It's not your job at work necessarily to make your boss happy. And honoring your uh, lawful authorities is not the same thing as making them happy all of the time. It's also worth noting that the application of this can get complicated. When you are a, uh, let's use the example of a teenager, since I think we just have teenagers here and no young kids, but when you're a teenager, honoring your mom and your dad is a relatively straightforward process. Uh, Mom and dad set the rules of the house, and as long as mom and dad are not telling you to disobey God, You have to respect their authority and listen to them. Well, what happens? We had a prayer request this morning concerning Hannah's grandmother. What happens when your mother or your father are 90 and infirmed and can't make good judgment and you need to help them perhaps move out of their home into assisted living and your parents no longer want to do it? The application of this can get tricky. Uh, What happens when you need to speak truth in love to a superior of some form who is in sin or in folly and needing to be corrected. So I don't mean to suggest that it's always simple how honoring our superiors looks, but that doesn't mean that we get to dishonor them. We are to seek their honor. We are to love them, pray for them, We are to recognize that God has ordered the world with sinful and fallible men and women in positions of authority over us. And it's simply not true that if we were the ones in power that we would do it all better. It's a very arrogant assumption that is blind to all of our own sins. I would like to think that I would run the United States better than some United States presidents have run the country, but... The reality is that is just foolish arrogance talking. For one thing, I think if, if most of us got real power, we would be surprised, I think, at the temptations that would come to misuse that power and authority. And uh, we are called to use our authority as those accountable to God. So most of us have some way in which we would be considered superiors. Uh, the way that the catechism teases out this this uh, commandment, if you caught the phrase uh, through there several times, in our, quote, several relations, that's a weird way of saying all of us have different relationships where we are varying degrees of inferior or superior at any given time. Uh, so our confession would, uh, would use the idea, for example, that those of you that are uh, a little more advanced in years, while you are superiors over those of us younger in years by virtue of the wisdom of your years and stature uh, further on in life. So you older siblings, uh, in some sense you are equal to your siblings because you are siblings. In some sense you are inferiors to your older siblings. In some sense superiors to your younger siblings. You're welcome moms and dads for all the fights that'll certainly cause at home. Uh, right, but these are fluid categories. There are ways in which we have authority and influence. There are ways in which God calls us to respect others' authority. 
Uh, and it's all a matter of, do we believe that God is good in how he's ordered the world, or do we think we'd do it better? That's the heart of this commandment. Do you think that you would do it better? Do you want to be like God running the world yourself? Or do you think that God is God and we are not, and so we submit to lawful authority and we use our authority not to enrich ourselves, but as those accountable to God? Uh, This is where uh, fathers and mothers, Paul commenting on this says, fathers, don't provoke your children to anger. There's a responsibility here in this commandment to those of us who do have positions of authority to use it well, uh, to do it in a godly way, not in a self-seeking way, not to just give all the dirty jobs to people who are below us, but to uh, be willing to seek the good of those over whom we have authority. If you, are, uh, if you have people who report to you in the workplace or if you have children who report to you in the home, or if you have uh, some other area of life where you have people who report to you for whom you are responsible, then you are called by the Lord to glorify him and to love those who are underneath you, not to abuse them, push them around, threaten them, manipulate them, or get them to worship you. Uh, Just as we aren't called to be people pleasers, We also are not called to get other people to worship us. Uh, The goal is that we would all worship God. And finally, we have ways in which we are equals. And I've uh, submitted that this commandment warns us against inventing hierarchies. Uh, Father and mother is, those are are God-given roles to parents. Uh, Those are not invented by society. They're not culturally conditioned. Those are roles given by God in how he rules the world. Uh, Mother and father come together, get married, and have children, and they are then the parents of those children as long as they live. There's a history of this commandment that probably I'm the most aware of here. I'm going to make you aware of it. If you were a Presbyterian, a white, wealthy Presbyterian in the South in the 19th century, and you owned slaves, or you had people in your church that owned slaves, and you wanted to justify owning slaves, how would you do that? Well, one way that you would do that, and one way that people did do that, was by affirming a racial hierarchy that the white race is clearly superior to the black race, and therefore, uh, while the abuses of chattel slavery were frequently condemned, the institution of chattel slavery often was not. Uh, And there has been, throughout history, a long legacy in the Presbyterian and Reformed tradition of the misuse of this commandment by those who are biblically equals usurping power or authority over others whom they should have been treating as equals. Uh, And you remember that language from the larger catechism, the sins of equals. Not the shorter catechism. The larger catechism. The duties of equals to regard the dignity and worth of each other 
and giving honor to go one before another and to rejoice in each other's gifts and advancement as their own, contrasted with uh, the undervaluing of the worth, envying the gifts, grieving of the advancement and prosperity of one another, and usurping preeminence one over another. So, kids, if you've ever fought for mom and dad's attention to try to get attention uh, from mom and dad over your brother or your sister, that's usurping power. It's a sin of equals over one another. If you've ever been envious of someone at work, or if you've ever been jealous of a friend and what they have, or if you've ever watched someone get a promotion and thought, man, that really should have been me. I deserve that promotion more than the other person. Those are the kinds of sins of equals that also violate this commandment. Uh, there are clear authority structures that God has prescribed in life. You have parents, you have uh, a place of work where in the biblical categories it's master and bond servant in modern, modern language, employer, employee. And uh, God has ordained the government of the nations which uh, we now have a representative democracy, but throughout uh, history, all kinds of uh, governments ordained by the Lord. Those things are all divinely ordained, along with uh, church government, also divinely ordained. But the sin of equals is to go looking around for ways that we can bully our way into power. And this is... Uh, this is something where this commandment can be misused. I'll give you a trivial example. Tom Brady is quarterback in the NFL ever. If anyone wants to debate me about that, you can debate me about that later. But uh, he's got seven, uh, seven rings, did it with two teams. Did it, uh, he's got his list of records goes on and on and on. He's, uh, I would argue, the best NFL quarterback ever. And he is the superior top-of-the-list NFL quarterback. Do any of us in this room owe any special honor to Tom Brady? No. Tom Brady is not in a position of any lawful biblical authority over anyone here. Uh, and so it would be wrong to show some kind of deferential honor to Tom Brady or whoever you know, if you've got a different sports hero that you love that's not Tom Brady, if some of you can't stand Tom Brady, you can think of uh, who you might put in his place, right? But that's not a biblical authority category. Whereas we do owe honor to our parents, we do owe honor to our civil governors at the state and local and uh, national level. We do owe honor to those in our workplaces who are in positions over us. If you are in an organization like the military, you owe honor to those who are higher up the food chain than you, and so on and so forth. Uh, but we shouldn't go inventing categories that God does not sanction. God does not ordain any hierarchy between gender and race in any natural sense. Men are not superiors to women. Uh, the white race is not superior to the black race, nor vice versa. Uh, the, all humans made in the image of God, and, uh, out, and it's these social contexts and relations that we see God ordain in the Bible uh, that warrant honor. Uh, parents, church government, civil government, things where there are clear instructions God says, honor these people. 
And if you are in a position of authority, use it lawfully. So there's a lot there, and I commend some reflection on the catechism to you. You can go look at the shorter catechism if you want a much more digestible form of it. But I think it's a helpful commandment uh, that gets at the heart of our grumbling and complaining. It gets at the heart of our selfish misuse of our authority for our own ease. And it's a commandment that causes us to reflect, do we really believe that God knows what he's doing in how the world is ordered? That's the question this commandment asks. Do you think God knows what he's doing? And do you trust him? Trust him that God gave you the parents that you have because he loves you and he knows what's good for you. Do you believe that God has given you the workplace or the teachers uh, that as he loves you and he knows what's best for you? And do you believe that God has given you the civil governors, uh, including all the way up to the United States president, because God knows what he's doing and he loves you and he knows what's best for you. That commandment, it's a, it's a call for us to honor God's authority. He is the one. Jesus is the one who sits on the throne. There is no authority, whether it be a mother and father or a president or an emperor. There is no authority except that Jesus put it there. And God tells us to trust him and to put to death this idea that we know better then God does how to run the world. It simply isn't true that if we did it our way, it would be better. And it isn't true that, uh, that we know better than the Lord. God tells us to honor him, to respect him, to believe that Jesus is doing good things through the authorities he has given to us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are a God of order, that you are a God who does not, uh, does not leave us to determine for ourselves how things ought to go, but you have appointed lawful rulers in our family, giving us parents, giving us children for whom we are responsible. You have given to us Governors in the civil magistrate, presidents and congressmen and senators and uh, other magistrates and judges and legislators. You have given to us pastors and elders in the church. You have given to us school boards and teachers. And Lord, we, you, you have given us all of these things for our good. And we confess, Lord, how easy it is to kick against this, to think that we know what is right, to wonder and rebel when we see people doing sinful and wicked things, to doubt your goodness. We know how easy it is to misuse any authority or power that we get to do it for our own selfish ends. And so, Lord, we pray that you would help us to remember that you, Lord Jesus, are our, are our king and ruler and you are the one who is establishing all authorities in the world. And so we pray, Lord, that you would help us to remember that you are good and to submit our hearts to you and to honor the authorities over us and to pray for them and to respect them and to think good of them and to obey their lawful commands and counsels. And we pray that when we have 
authority over others. We would use it for your glory and for the good of those underneath us and not selfishly for our own pleasure. And Lord, we pray that in the ways in which we are equals, that we would not usurp one another, but that we would rejoice in one another's good gifts and graces and love one another excellently as brothers and sisters in Christ. And we pray, Lord, that in all of these things that you, Lord Jesus, would be honored and praised. And we pray this in your name. Amen.